0: Hey, everyone. I hope all is well out in uh, technology, startup, sports, and sports betting land. I am your host of the Ball & Chain podcast, Mark Thomas, coming to you from beautiful Miami, specifically the Brickell District of Miami, Uh, gorgeous with uh, wonderful, beautiful skyscrapers and, of course, great weather, uh, as always. A few updates we've got for you. We are going to be coming out with a major rebranding of uh, the Ball & Chain podcast uh, in the next two, three weeks. Uh, Super excited for that. We're actually going to be launching uh, four podcasts. This is going to rebrand into a new podcast, and there's going to be three additional podcasts uh, coming your way, and which will all become part of the Zen Sports Podcast Network. Uh, so look for that soon. Uh, they're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna continue doing my um, podcast focused around sports betting and uh, kind of the business side of sports betting, uh, along with probably our occasional uh, podcast with Jess. And then uh, we're gonna have a crypto focused podcast, an esports focused podcast, and Allie, who is the uh, producer of The Ball and Chain. She's going to start hosting her own podcast for, uh, for betting and picks. Uh, so going to be super exciting. Look for that over the next few weeks. Um, with all that awesome news, up, with all the awesome news updates out of the way, let's bring on our very cool next guest uh, for The Ball and Chain uh, podcast, episode 45. It is uh, Nicholas uh, Paneridis from uh, The Daily Stakes. How are you doing today, Nicholas?
1: Hey, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing
0: fantastic. How are you? Awesome. Well, I'm doing very well also. uh, Thank you for asking. So uh, the daily stakes, it looks like you're doing a lot on the analytics side. We've had a few uh, guests uh, previously uh, on the Ball & Chain podcast that have focused on analytics. And I think it's always really interesting the side of the business uh, from a sports betting side uh, because analytics and data are such a big part of both from an operator perspective, uh, how sports betting operators, um, you know, uh, you know, create lines, create odds, uh, manage their books, uh, and then of course, how sports bettors uh, try to stay uh, as sharp as possible uh, and stay up to date with the latest, you know, information and and what's out there in the latest data and so forth. So uh, let's first start uh, with what is the daily stakes and how do you differentiate yourselves from some of the other analytics platforms that are out there?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, so like you mentioned, a lot, of, a lot of individuals are going towards analytics because you're always trying to find an edge when it comes to sports betting. Uh, the Daily Stakes is right now in its current form, it's a digital tool um, that helps individuals, whether they're sports fans, uh, casual bettors or experienced sports bettors, make more informed sports betting decisions um, and make sure that they kind of know the what to know and the, the trends behind their, their kind of sports decisions. We noticed that there are a lot of kind of casual fans, regular sports fans that are entering the betting market, and a lot of them don't even understand the basic terminology of betting. So we're taking more of a bottom-up approach where we're kind of standardizing and generalizing a lot of the complicated sports betting terminology and making it easy and digestible for individuals to understand um, so they could grasp sports betting concepts and make sure that they're informed before they go ahead and place their next bet.
0: So does that mean you are um, selling data as a subscription to sports bettors or ha- walk us through the mechanics of how, uh, if I'm a sports bettor or my friends of sports bettor, someone's a sports bettor out there, how do they actually subscribe and get a hold of this data and what form does that take shape uh, and so forth?
1: Yeah. So right now in its current form, um, and, and I keep saying current form because we are making some changes to the, to the daily stakes while well, I'm going to jump into later, but right now we currently offer... Um, predictions or our very own model projections for five, five of the biggest leagues in the U.S., I would say, so the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, and the UFC. And so when an individual comes to our website, uh, they could purchase a monthly or annual subscription to our intuitive dashboard, and then they get access to the three common bet types, so money line Spread, and Over-Unders uh, for all games on a given slate. Um, So if you're a customer of the Daily Stakes on a Sunday, you'll get access to all NFL games, all NHL games and all NBA games. um, And you will kind of have a direction of what side to bet on because our model projections are also ranked uh, from one to five trophy ratings. Five trophies being the highest confident play that that individuals like to bet on and that we also bet on ourselves.
0: Right. And then is it a subscription that people pay for on a weekly or monthly basis?
1: Yes. And it's, it's, we, we realized that uh, in the industry, a lot of individuals charge large amounts um, for this type of information, but we kind of broke down that barrier and give it at $30 a month, because we don't want to, we want to make sure that individuals are comfortable with the place and that they're placing the right bets. And we're not, um, and we place our own bets as well. We make money off our own bets. So we're just, Making it easy for the consumer to get access to this information and then go ahead and, and place some uh, the same bets as us or make their own bets as they please.
0: And so, from uh, I mean, you don't obviously have to give your secret secret sauce, but from a, a you know an architecture standpoint. Uh, Have you built, you know, algorithms or AI or machine learning or something else to, you know, or have you just built models that have been tried and tested over years? Or what's kind of your, like, uh, way that you go about trying to pull in this data?
1: So the Daily Stakes has built its own model with an algorithm. Me and my co-founder, Dylan, actually come from uh, the consulting space. Um, and he kind of is the financial guru behind uh, the model. And we've been working on it for close to uh, four to five years um, over the course of our, of our corporate careers. And now we kind of took it and built it into a business. Um, and essentially it's it's an algorithm that kind of c- continuously has gotten adjusted over the years and keeps getting adjustment adjusted based on current movements and all the information that pertains to when it comes to sports betting. And so we rely on those decisions a bit, as well as some, um, intuitive decisions, at least when I go ahead and bet, um, to make our, for the model projections. Awesome.
0: Awesome. And so, I mean, are you and your co-founder, um, you know, avid sports betters yourselves or were you sports better before, but now with running a business, you focus on just the business side of things. Uh, what, what do you feel gives you these kind of street cred to be able to have, uh, come up with this type of product in the first place?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been betting for over a decade, I would say. I started off betting on soccer because that was a sport I grew up playing. And when I first started betting, I, I kept betting on... I wasn't doing any research, right? So I was relying on gut and based on what I knew of the sport and the favorite teams. And you kind of ran into a roadblock there. And there was a time where we both identified there there is a better way to make more informed bets where you can actually uh, turn this into a business and kind of be profitable sports betting. Um, so we kind of just jumped right into it we bet ourselves as well uh, we've been doing this we've been running this business for a little over a year now but we've been personally betting uh, for over a decade and so throughout that course we realized that amongst our friends and amongst the individuals that we talked to we're kind of the experienced sports bettors a lot of a lot of individuals kind of come to us ask us for advice ask us for um what are our best bets what what's the play for the night and we realized that uh, we built a kind of a local community within uh, Montreal, and kind of ready to commercialize it and publicize it on the online market.
0: That's great. So then, like, let's kind of dive into that a little bit here, because I think a lot of sports betters probably tend to do what you were saying at the beginning, which is go by gut instinct. Um, you know, maybe focus on just the favorites. Uh, obviously, there's a, you know a section of of, of uh, you know, sports bettors that will just bet on their favorite teams or favorite players. So, you know, what are some of the things that you look for from an analytics standpoint? Um, I mean, let's just take this last weekend, for example. I mean, I mean who could have predicted the Bills were going to lose to the Jags, the Cowboys were going to lose to the Broncos, uh, and the Rams were going to lose to the Titans, all three, like probably the top three favorites of the week, uh, all losing on the same day. And whereas, I don't know what was in October, most of the favorites won, right? So, you know, football, is, you know, in particular, it can be a very funny sport in that way, where you go for stretches where the favorites win, 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 win. And then you just get a Sunday where it's like, you know, I mean, who would have ever thought that? Do you just say, hey, you know what? That's just the way it's gonna be sometimes. That's life, that's, that's, uh, that's betting, that's the, that's the sports betting world. Or do you kind of, you know, do you see any of those things ever coming before they do? Just kind of curious how you view a a Sunday like this past Sunday uh, from an analytics standpoint, since it is uh, just was such a crazy Sunday in terms of so many very, very big, big upsets like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this Sunday was absolutely crazy. I mean, you had double digit favorites all ended up losing straight out, which is, Uh, A lot of money was made by the sports books on the Sunday, so it was quite – and individuals who took those games and parlayed them was congratulations to them because they they took a big risk. But essentially, from an analytics standpoint, two key things that you kind of need to look at before you place a bet, whether it's on a favorite or an underdog, um, it's kind of overreacting to recent trends and not not looking at sharp action properly. So what I mean by overreacting to recent trends is that if – Let's say for let's take the LA Rams, for example, against the Titans. They lost the game all right. They were favored by a minus seven. They have been on an absolute terror this season. Um and actually, funny enough, our co-founder Dylan is a huge fan of the Rams. So we've been following the Rams very closely. And they have just been beating teams. And the the, the expect the expected outcome between the Rams and the and the Titans was that the Rams are going to win comfortably, given that the Titans were out with Derrick Henry. He was injured. Um, and so that kind of recensing bias, saying that there was a big lineup change to the team, they're going to have to change a bit of their gameplay. Um, also thinking of how the Rams have been so dominant lately, and with their recent acquisition of Von Miller on the defensive end, although he did not play, right. you felt you felt the energy uh, before the game started, and so a lot of the public was on the LA Rams just given their recent news. But people need to be careful where the where the sharps are betting, where the professionals are betting, because. Although the public is all over the Rams, sharp money could be on the Titans, which in this case, I believe it was. And so the Titans kind of actually won the game pretty outright comfortably, I would say. So two things to always look at is recent trends and sharp action of where the pros are are leaning their money towards.
0: There's no way any sharps had the Jaguars beating the Bills. (laughs) No, (laughs) especially if it's a low-scoring game the way it was. was Yeah, I mean, well, especially, yeah, if you would have said the Jaguars are going to score nine points. I would have said, yeah, they're going to get killed. Um, But I think it's interesting is that people might not, and this is a good example too, even though yes, it was still clearly an upset and I don't think anybody would have predicted. I don't think I can't see anybody that would have picked the Jaguars straight up to win Um, that, you know, their offensive line hasn't been good. Their offense in general hasn't been good. Their defense has been great, um, but they've had some issues with scoring points. And so that might be something to pay attention to. Um, It tends, it does seem tend to be that teams that struggle to score points can allow teams to stay in games which then, of course, gives the other team confidence. And especially if they're at home, you know, then they might start to think and believe in themselves that they can win. And then before you know it, now you've got a close game. Um, so that can be kind of interesting there. And I, I would definitely say the Jaguars are not the worst team in the NFL. It's definitely the Texans by far and away. I mean, Jaguars at least have a couple of wins. Dolphins have a couple of wins. Uh, boy, the Patriots have to be kicking themselves for losing the uh, first game of the year to the Dolphins. Um, but I, I think that's, you know, just part of the the nature of the beast with regards to, you're just going to have some Sundays like that. Um, I mean, I know like in our uh, confidence pool here at work, um, I mean, you know, the scoring was super, super low, uh, for this week because like all 12, 13, almost everybody got games, their, their point, their games with points, 12, 13, 14, wrong, (laughs) which which is those three games. Uh, but, uh. Uh, yeah. And it's all kind of relative too, right? I mean, if everyone's struggling, like, you know, you're going to, you're going to probably get solace in that. Um, so yeah. So then switching gears a little bit to the operator side of things. So you said that, you know, the tools at uh, the Daily six can also be used by operators. So um, what does that look like? Is it an API that operators can subscribe to? Uh, is it a dashboard um, that helps uh, support sports. Uh, you know, bookmakers manually go and make changes? Is it an automated solution? How does that work?
1: So uh, I, think, I think there may have been, uh, I may have said something incorrect. We don't kind of work with the operators in terms of providing them data. Right now in its current form, okay. we give information to our consumers on line movement, uh, recent betting trends on the team and players. We give recent player statistics and our very own kind of model projections with a confidence rating and an analysis.
0: So, we, have you have you thought of possibly offering this as a tool to operators, or do you just kind of like intrinsically and philosophically just would rather stick to being a consumer play?
1: Uh, for the for the short term, and short term over the one to two years, we're going to focus mainly on the consumer. Uh, there's so many B two B companies out there that operate with the with the operators, so we'd rather stick with the consumer and help the consumer make more informed sports bets, as a as opposed to leaning with the bookmakers and helping them kind of making sharper lines, I would say. Um, essentially, we are making some changes to the website. So what what we're going to add some real-time data. We're going to add some pro lines. We're going to have public money and betting percentages. So within the next two months, we're going through a little rebranding as well. And it's going to be a free tool for all our users to use, for them to do their own research or for them to draw their own conclusions to make
0: decisions. So which part's going to be free and which part's going to be paid? Uh,
1: at least for the first year, the whole website will kind of be free. Uh, we're going towards that avenue where we'll provide you with the information that you need to make more informed decisions from we'll a pro line versus kind of. The, so we're going to compare the sharpest line in the books against uh, the best odds that are out there, provide a reasoning on it. And that's all going to be free for the first year. And then in the second year, we're going to come on and offer a subscription tool that will be paid at a low monthly cost and have more in-depth information.
0: So, do you look at this becoming a freemium model, where they get certain tools for free and then they can upgrade to get the, the premium stuff, or do you plan on just uh, giving it to giving it free to everybody for the first year and then just charging everybody for the second year and beyond?
1: Uh, it will be a mix of both. So, it'll be a freemium version where um, whether individuals want to pay, the, the individuals that don't want to pay will have access to a valuable product that will allow them to make a more informed decision, and the individuals that want to kind of go a step further in their analysis and their research. Will um, need to purchase a subscription at a low monthly cost, and then they'll have access to kind of um, in-depth player information, kind of suggested correlated parlays, in-game bets, so all that fun stuff that will help you make more informed decisions on the, in the long run.
0: So, uh, okay, so that makes sense. And then, uh, you know, what would what would you say is probably kind of the biggest challenge in putting this kind of company together, right? Every type of startup and tech platform, you know, has its challenge um, regardless of what industry it's in, uh, no matter what anybody says. So what would you say is your biggest challenge that you face um, as a sports betting analytics company for consumers?
1: It's building the brand to make sure that individuals trust the information that you give out, especially Mm -hmm. in this industry, because there are so many uh, blogs and, and other consumer facing companies that offer um, sports betting analytics. If you actually take a deep dive into it, you realize that everyone presents uh, the information in their own way. And so we realize that uh, the, so putting together the the UX and then adding the information in a way that's digestible and and easy to understand from a sports fan is hard to do. And so that's the direction we're going in. We're gonna take um, the analytics, break it down, make it simple to understand. So people like that are entering the betting scene that have no idea how to bet will be able to understand what kind of money line means, what a spread means, uh, what what does it mean when there's certain money on, when the public is betting on one side and how much money is allocated to that side and kind of being able to help individuals draw their own conclusions from it. So that's the hard part, taking that information and make it easy to understand in a way that's not too clustered and something that could be absorbed quickly.
0: Yeah, I would have to say if I were to kind of answer that same question, it feels to me like cutting through the the noise of all the other sports betting content that's out there um, is you know going to be paramount, right? And then I think the second biggest thing, which you also touched on, is uh, UX and design, um, because you know there's a lot of a lot of folks that are providing content within this industry purely content, uh, so they're not doing anything else. Um, they're probably not really great technologists. And so they might have, you know, pretty yucky-looking uh, websites or mobile apps or newsletters or whatever it might be, and it might not be uh, in, you know, the kind of form where people can log in and easily, you know, consume it. Uh, just might not be a great user experience as a bottom line. Uh, because that's, you know, not their forte. Their forte is sports and sports betting, uh, not technology. And so I think maybe your real opportunity to win here is also on that UX. Like I know on the sports betting side, we took that approach. You know, almost all of our competitors, with the exception of one or two, uh, have products that look like they were built in, uh, you know, two thousand two. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, when people ask, how can we win? Well, we, you know, do sports betting or, you know, sports book. We do peer to peer. We do fiat. We do crypto. So from a feature standpoint, we do a lot. But then I also tell people, I'm like, heck, I think we can win on just the UX alone. Uh, You know, just just offering a quick and easy way for people to get in and fund quick and easy way for people to obviously bet and withdraw, et cetera, um, you know, goes a long way in this industry. And then also owning your tech stack, right? Because like the same thing, a lot of our competitors don't own their tech stack. They white label or license it from others. We own all our IP. So you building everything natively, owning your IP is going to be really critical. Do you, is your co-founder um, a developer or are you a developer
1: u-developer? Um, we're actually, uh, we have a developer who kind of is our CTO. So he's an ex he's he's an expert in, in development well expert he's a he's a software developer so um he's aware of our our plan and he's a sports better as well so that makes it easy from a technology a technology standpoint where if the te- the developer is a sports better and understands yep. um the, the basics of sports betting and even the advanced sports like uh, terminology of sports betting how to present the information it really gives you an advantage because sports betting at its core it's complicated I can't tell you how many conversations I had with developers that don't even understand what a minus seven means or the over under of a 47 and a half of means. So right yeah. there off the bat, uh, before any development is done, um, our, our CTO is kind of a sports better himself. Um, so it's, 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 very good to know. It's very good to have as a resource, I would say.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, it's definitely having that domain expertise makes it a lot, lot easier uh, for sure. Um, uh, you know, I mean, from a development standpoint, you always want to make sure that you're doing, you know, that you're, uh, understanding the customer uh, and when you build UX and you build a product, uh, understanding that deep customer, you know, pain point and how they want to view things is, um, you know, is critical. So when are you officially launching?
1: It's it's going to be officially launched. Uh, the new rebrand will be in January of 2022.
0: Okay. And so, I mean, in terms of going back to like the, you know, the competition thing, you know, and having a lot of other competitors like v or Action Network or covers that are out there. Do you have any kind of I don't know unique strategies that you're going to implement for um, you know getting the word out there? Uh, Are you just planning on word of mouth? Are you going to build any kind of viral components in the product? Just kind of curious from a product perspective, or product and or marketing. So I guess product marketing perspective. You know what are your plans to to win out there?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, and so essentially we kind of had been have built something over the course of the year. We got a lot of client feedback and. But one thing that has stood out to us the most and from all our clients is that uh, the social betting aspect, just like Zen Sports um, offers kind of that peer-to-peer experience with social, um, allowing individuals to communicate with each other, chat with each other, could kind of just talk smack on sports betting. Um, sports bettors, in, at its core, like to be the smartest people in the room. If you go into a conversation and you argue against a, let's say if I argue against you with the Green Bay Packers, I'm sure we can have a conversation for about 10 hours. So essentially one of the core features that we looked at is a social feature that will allow individuals to either comment, reply, um, follow the herd on certain trends and and plays that are suggested by by other individuals. And um, some marketing tactics would be kind of word of mouth, kind of our very own proprietary, uh, proprietary original sports betting content, whether it's in the form of video or audio or written, um, because the new generations are moving towards their attention spans are not great or not as long as they, as they were in the past. And the new sports bettors are kind of a more of a younger generation, especially entering the market. So you're going to make sure that all the content that you produce is produced by knowing your audience. And in this case, all short form content. Um, so
0: that that's interesting. Uh, so I agree completely that sports betting is trending to be more social. But then how do you balance that with the fact that a lot of sports bettors, of course, want to remain anonymous, uh, not remain anonymous, but they, you know, they know they have to go through KYC, AML verification, but, um, you know, they may not want... I don't know the results publicized, or they may not want to talk publicly about it. I mean, it's a balancing thing, right? So On one hand, people want to brag when they win, or they may they may be fine with uh, you know kind of joking around if they have a really bad beat. Um, but then you get people that might lose big money, and that's certainly not something they're going to advertise on Twitter. So, how do you kind of balance that aspect of it?
1: So, essentially, on the social features that will be available on the website is uh, we're going to kind of hide or not display the individual's username. It'll just be more of a tracking of individuals that have liked, commented, or kind of gave a certain play thumbs up. That way it stays kind of um, private if the user wants to stay private, but we're also gonna have kind of free-to-play contests on leaderboard, or the user if they decide to publicize their record or decide to publicize their performance, that's at their discretion, so that'll be available. And everything will be covered by a username. So whether the individual wants to kind of put a picture of their face or a picture of a logo, that's up to their discretion, but we won't be, we won't be releasing people's uh, first and last name, kind of their private information, their email address, because that's all information that helps you identify that individual. It would be at their discretion and it would just be by using. So,
0: right. Right. And so I know you said that you're mostly focused on, you know, all the major sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, um, Major League baseball, et cetera. What other uh, sports or leagues are you kind of targeting next? Uh, once you've got, you know, some good traction in those. Uh,
1: definitely the, the college games. So NCAA basketball, NCAA football. I mean, just yesterday, there was, what, over 100 basketball games to start the season. Quite remarkable. The audience there is is huge. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll probably introduce as well uh, soccer and maybe golf over the course of the summer. So we can give our our, our users action to, give our users information to kind of have action during the summer when it's more of a slow season because some people only bet on the MLB or the MLS or golf because these other big seasons are not kind of uh, in, are not current in progress at that time.
0: Right. Right. Um, so I know you're located up in Canada. I've got to ask. So um, A, how big is the NFL up there? I know they obviously have the, the CFL there. B, is it easy to like, you know, get the NFL Sunday ticket and subscribe and watch um I mean do people like get together to watch games up there I'm uh, just kind of curious like what the fandom is like for uh then if I know NBA is obviously big with the with the Raptors um uh and major you know baseball to some degree and obviously hockey is not even it's in a completely different stratosphere um but I'm just curious <laughs> on the NFL like you know because NFL is such a great betting sport um you know what is the what is what is it? Just overall, just attitude up there about NFL games and watching and betting on the NFL.
1: Yeah, uh, the NFL is obviously not at the same level as it is in the states um, in terms of, of viewership and, and betting, uh, but it's it's still one of the most common bet sports. And individuals, um, whether they're new sports bettors, casual sports bettors, or experienced, sport, everyone bets on the NFL, and that's because it's a Sunday. Uh, Individual people love dedicating their days to football Sundays. Everybody gets together everybody watches games and if you're going to watch the game you might as well lay a bit of action on it as it gives you something to also root for while watching the games so i'd say nfl is probably the top one of the top three sports that bet on if not the top sport and we as canadians we have access to the zone which gives you access to nfl game pass so it makes that quite accessible to kind of tune in and either watch red zone or choose your your individual game of your choice
0: Nice, nice. And then, in terms of the legalization of sports betting, there. So I know it's starting to get legalized in certain provinces, uh, or even in certain cities in provinces. <clears throat> what does that look like right now? Is it still all brick and mortar sports betting, when you get a to walk into a casino to bet on sports? Um, are they finally getting mobile sports betting there? I mean, obviously, we're up to now what thirty states in the U.S. Thirty-one states have legalized sports betting. Almost all of them are, you know, mobile uh, and have a mobile, uh, you know, uh, allowance. So what's that uh, kind of situation where what's the status of the the sports betting landscape in Canada right now?
1: It actually, it's following what happened in New Jersey back in 2018. Uh, Canada just legalized at the federal level back in June and just enforced it at the end of August Um, with Ontario being the first province to kind of come out and um, allow mobile sports betting. And so it's, it's going to get crazy in the Canadian landscape right now. Uh, Canadians only have access to kind of offshore betters, so like Bet365, Betway. We can bet with the big boys like FanDuel, um, um, DraftKings, uh, the Score, points, bet, and all these guys. These guys are all going to be entering the market in 2022. But as of right now, legalization is has just been legalized. So all these provinces are working out their legislation on how they plan to regulate mobile sports betting. And the first five provinces that are kind of going to enforce it with Ontario being the, I guess, the, the, the first of, of the first mover, it would be Ontario, then Quebec, British Columbia, Alberta and Manitoba. And there are some kind of sports books that are available right now at the moment, um, kind of these no-name sports books that not that many individuals know about, and that are offering or accepting online wagers but the landscape will change tremendously as soon as the American sportsbooks can enter the the Canadian landscape.
0: Well, yeah. And so what, what does that look like? When are, when are the applications going to, do you know when the applications are going to open there? I mean, we'd obviously be interested in getting licensed in Canada. Um, Are they going to uh, have like just a special window for applications? Is it going to be on a rolling close basis or are they only going to allow the top three, you know, to get in Um, or is it going to be open to everybody? What does that look like? Do you know? It looks like they're only going to allow a selected few. Um,
1: So there is a list like DraftKings, FanDuel. There's the score because it's Canadian-based business. You have uh, Hard Rock because you have some brick-and-mortar casinos, Caesars as well, and PointsBet from what I know of. Um, And it seems like they might just start off with a kind of a – go through a vetting process of a selection process where I I believe the province would choose uh, which operators they would like to enter that province. But I wouldn't take my word for it at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, as of 2022, I believe the operators will be able to kind of apply for gambling licenses in each province, starting with Ontario, until that legislation is kind of confirmed. And then uh, I guess you and me both are just going to kind of wait to see what's to come um, when it comes to the Canadian landscape.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm really hoping, of course, that they open it up to more. Uh, That is probably my only little bit of frustration with um, the legalization of sports betting in the U S it's moving at a great clip, which is amazing. That part is awesome. Uh, but sometimes they, you know, just curry favor with certain sports betting operators over others. Um, be nice to see for that to kind of, you know, be done away with. Um, that was actually one of the first reasons, one of the reasons we went to Nevada first was, uh, got licensed there. It's very hard to get licensed in Nevada. Um, so that's good news from that standpoint, but they're also, they're also open right to, you know, a smaller company like us. Um, you know, and not maybe every state is right now. So we're we're starting in the states that are more friendly. Um, like we also have a license application on file in Tennessee. You know, they're very friendly to um, to smaller operators as well too. And then obviously, once we're in a few states, then we go from being a small operator to a big operator, uh, and then we can go to the larger states too. So um, yeah, so you know, hopefully uh, Canada kind of you know goes uh, goes down that uh, that path as well. But it's it's just super exciting to see how quickly it's moving. The fact that all this underground you know traditional uh you know what was always a traditionally underground or illegal activities now legal and above ground and regulated and available to consumers it's how it should be that's how it always should have been um you know now we can hopefully uh you know start to um you know allow people to choose how they spend their money and how they spend their entertainment dollars um, and it, just from a generational standpoint, like millennials and Gen Y and Gen Z, they don't want to be told what to do with their money, right? You know, they want to be able to uh, bet with it if they so choose and bet how they want to choose. Um, and, uh, and so that's the case. And then, of course, on the regulator side, there's tax revenue to be had here. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of a no brainer, uh, you know, that I think within a year and a half to two years, I would say that 48 of the 50 states will have it uh, here in the U.S., and I'm sure it's going to be the same in Canada.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping because <laughs> us Canadians are getting jealous. You guys have all these interesting sportsbook offers, um, like risk-free beds up to 1,000, up to 5,000. We can't access them. And I actually tried to sign up to Zen Sports so I could start, uh, start betting on the platform against other users. And again, because I'm in Canada. We'll yeah, them.
0: sorry, you're going to get geo-restricted and blocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right now we're only available in Nevada. We actually haven't yet launched officially in Nevada. We're going to be doing so. Uh, hopefully in the next, it's uh, it called six, seven weeks-ish or so, hopefully the first week of the new year. Um, and uh, yeah, really excited for that, to be accepting our first bets there. Um, so that will be uh, awesome. But yeah, the, the I mean, that's the whole point of getting licensed, right? Um, you know, if you're in that license jurisdiction, you can use it. If you're not, you're going to get geo-restricted and blocked. Um, I mean, that's just the the law, unfortunately. But um, hopefully we'll be coming to Canada at some point. Um, okay. But if you go to Vegas, you know, next year, uh, then you can check us out and play around with us, uh, you know, play some bets with us then. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, look, Nicholas, uh, this was a this was a really great conversation. I think I think one of the things that I'm really excited about what you're doing is the fact that, you know, you're thinking about it from the right lens uh, and you also have focus. It's really important for startup entrepreneurs and founders to have focus. Um, you know, you know, like when I asked you, you know, if you're, you know, got a B2B component, you're like, no, we're just focused on consumers. Um, you know, you focus on the sports and the leagues that you're focused on and, uh, you know, you're, you're going to give it away for free for a while to, um, you know, drive adoption of it, um, which is always a good thing. And then eventually, you know, you can charge a subscription for that. So I think, I think you're actually from a pure, from a startup perspective, forget <laughs> what industry it's in, just, I think you're going about it the right, you know, way. So that's, that's really, really cool to see.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we put a lot of focus and kind of sweat equity, as you say. Uh, did a lot of kind of customer uh, research, a lot of service, just to understand what the customer truly wanted, and and the industry is moving towards that way as well. I mean, even with you guys, at in sports like social betting, peer to peer. Can't tell you the amount of times I wanted to bet against my friend, where I actually wanted to bet, and then and my friend didn't actually pay up. So I'm looking forward for to see peer to peer kind of exploding across the industry over the next five years, because I think that is one of the next big things as well. Um, So congratulations on, on Zen Sports.
0: Yeah, I I was actually going to say, I think that's the other, you know, we've both your company and ours have have really great tailwinds, right? Um, Where everything is moving in the direction of not just legalization, um, that's already been doing that for the last few years, but also being more consumer friendly, uh, being more mobile friendly, being peer to peer crypto friendly, um, because this is what consumers want. And there are ways to do it in a regulated way that's... protect consumers. And so I think that's always been kind of the fear is like, well, consumers are going to get ripped off if you let them to do this or do that. But if they're done correctly, uh, you know, like on the crypto side, like you can still do KYC, AML and verify accounts and wall addresses on the crypto side. So you're not... Worrying about like money laundering, you still can do all those checks that you need to do, but then you get all the benefits of crypto that you don't get with financial institutions uh, or peer-to-peer, right? As long as you have an operative record and you know, we've set up a system, for example, in Zen Sports that, you know, ensures that the correct winner always gets paid, uh, you know, a, the proper dispute system to handle any of those kinds of issues and that's growing of funds, et cetera, you know, that's what you need. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, the technology exists to do all the things that would ease regulators' mind. With these additional features, but these are features that consumers want, and so um, and there's money to be had, right? I mean, you know, people want to spend their money on these things, and they will spend more of their money if they can do, you know, the things that they want do in a way that they want, and you make it easy for them. So that's that's super exciting. Um, well, great, Nicholas, thank you so much. You've been an awesome guest. Last thing is, how can people go to check you out?
1: Yeah. They could find us on all socials, so Twitter at The Daily Stakes, Instagram at The Daily Stakes. Um, And our website is located at www.thedailystakes.com. Right now, we have currently our our model projection packages. Uh, You can sign up and get seven days for $1. So for for literally less than 25 cents a day, you have access to all 13 NBA games like for today and all NHL games. Um, And there are some best bets out there. Um, I'm personally leaning with the Cleveland Cavaliers just because these guys have been above 500 in the first 10 games, and it's quite impressive. But find us at dailystakes.com, and if you have any questions, you can always message me personally at Nick at the Daily Stakes or hit us up on Twitter at the Daily Stakes.
0: Well, that sounds good, Nicholas, except, except your NBA prediction. I went to game six. I'm a Bucks fan. Uh, best sports moment of my life. So, uh, sorry. Uh, once Middleton and once Middleton and Lopez are back, we're, we're back to full strength. We're going for the repeat.
1: <laughs> oh, I agreed. I'm Greek, so I'm a huge fan of the Bucs. I that's what I keep telling everybody. <laughs> I think the Bucks, as soon as they get healthy, yeah, will be dangerous. Like, yeah. even more dangerous than we're last season.
0: And I'm fine with Middleton sitting because I mean he freaking played in the Olympics for another month after uh, the finals and really only got like two months of rest. So I think you know, let him sit, let Lopez sit, bring him back hopefully after Christmas. Uh, or so. Uh, and uh, yeah, they'll be fine. Uh, well, amazing, Nicholas. Uh, thanks again for joining us. This was a really great call, really great, um, uh, interesting conversation. Uh, I think your listeners are going to love listening to uh, to your story and are going to check out the Daily Stakes. Uh, and thanks again for coming on the pod.
1: Thank you very much for having me and uh, best of luck with with Zen sports and everything.
0: Thank you, Nicholas. Bye-bye.